0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I am Jeremy Jackson, host of the Sports Medicine Broadcast, and I've got Alan Parcells on today. He works with Amazon, but he's also an an adjunct professor at Seton Hall and a VP and partner at Premier Sports Medicine, where they do uh, service and staffing for athletic trainers in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York area. He has been an athletic trainer for 11 years and uh, a couple of different things. So the 56 innings in July. So it's a YouTube video and Alan was featured in there and how they were preventing the spread of COVID. Um, He was on a different podcast called heads and tails, where he's talking about stardom or sitting. Um, I think they were, they were talking about concussions and preventing them there. Alan was also a guest speaker at ATS NJ, so the Athletic Trainer Society of New Jersey. Topic topic was marketing your professional you yourself as a professional, so strategies and tips there. Alan is also a husband and a father of three young kids, so we got lots in coming there. As so I have three young kids and a foster child, the main topic here is Amazon AT. Because I'm interested to know what it's like. There's an Amazon warehouse or facility probably ten miles from my house, so it'd be interesting to know what it'd be like to work there. So, Alan, welcome to the sports medicine broadcast, and thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. I'm very excited to be a part of it. So, um, I've heard great things, and you know, hopefully, this uh, this episode or edition, um, you know, stacks up to everybody else. I have my bar set at just being slightly better than Ryan Stevens and Kevin Bryles, <laughs> uh, two of my good friends here in New Jersey. So, um, you know, sorry guys, if you're listening, but um, that's my goal for today. So I'll let you be the judge.
0: <laughs> there you go. That You know, that was a pretty good conversation we had though about being ET dads though. So. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was great. And I thought it was, uh, you know, it was really
1: interesting to hear, um, you know, a lot of their perspectives and, and, you know, it's nice to know that everybody kind of goes through it. You know, because when you're uh, when you're an athletic trainer by yourself, sometimes you're on an island and you think all that stuff's only happening to you. But um, it's nice to have that support system. So it's
0: great. We mentioned 11 years as an athletic trainer. Would you give me a little bit more of your background? And then the first real question is, what is it like working for Amazon? So lead us up to Amazon with your athletic trainer story.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah. So my journey started. Um, really, when I was in high school, um, I was fortunate enough to be a high, or to go to a high school that had a full-time athletic trainer. Um, he was also a PE teacher. Uh, his name is Paul Scheich. Uh He actually commented yesterday on the Facebook post that I was going to be on here. so it's nice to keep in touch with him. Um, you know and and he offered a class my sophomore year called Bioscience Sports Medicine, which is pretty similar to the sports med classes that a lot of, a lot of our colleagues offer today at the high school level. Um, and part of that requirement was you had to spend five hours in the athletic training room as part of the, as part of the class, um, or you could do 10 hours and you, you could become, you know, like a student aide. Um, so I did the 10 hours became part of it. Um, you know, was, was pretty interested in it. Um, but you know, leaving high school, I thought I was going to go to physical therapy I was, you know, ready for PT school. I was going to do an under uh, an undergrad degree in exercise science and move on to PT school. And when I graduated, um, I was talking to, uh, to Mr. Shike. I, I have a hard time calling him Paul, even though I'm, you know, 35 years old now. Uh, but uh, he's like, I-, I guarantee you'll be back in athletic training. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I think I'll do PT. Um, went to uh, the University of Scranton, uh, did three years of exercise science. Realized it wasn't for me. It was a lot of cardiac rehab and things like that. I just wasn't, wasn't for me. So I, I switched majors to just finish up and then decided to go to, uh, you know, do my master's and a second bachelor's in, in athletic training at East Stroudsburg. Um, so I finished Scranton in 2008, uh, finished up at East Stroudsburg in 2010. I uh, got my first athletic training job six weeks later, um, with, uh, which at the time was, um, was pro physical therapy. Uh, which is now, which was purchased by ATI Physical Therapy uh, in Newark, Delaware. Uh, I was outsourced into a high school, uh, Avon Grove High School in Avon Grove, Pennsylvania, or, uh, yep. and uh, was there for about nine months and got engaged at that time to my wife, who I met at, at Scranton, um, wanted to make the jump into New Jersey, uh, took a maternity leave position at a Division Three school, uh, the College of New Jersey. Um, I was there for six months, that expired. Um, made my way to uh, to Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken. I was a little bit of a journeyman in my first uh, couple years. Um, I spent two years at Stevens. Um, made some great friends. I actually still talk to a bunch of the athletes that that I was responsible for taking care of, and um, it's nice to see them grow up and have families. And um, you know, one of my women's soccer athletes uh, is a physical therapist now, and she married one of my baseball guys and they have a little girl now. And, you know, it's really neat to kind of, you know, still be a part of that at a distance. Um, And then in 2013, I I moved into the secondary school level uh, by taking the uh, head athletic trainer position at Oratory Prep, which is in Summit, New Jersey. Um, Oratory was hands down the, the best almost eight years. Um, I was, it was the people I worked with there, um, are fantastic. The kids are, are fantastic. Uh, I worked with some great parents, um, and then, you know, then COVID hit and, uh, with all the uncertainty and things like that, uh, the Amazon opportunity presented itself. And, you know, sometimes you got to make the difficult decision and it's not always the decision you want to make, but, um, you know, and for a little over four months ago, it was, uh, leaving oratory was hands down the the most difficult decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and, uh, and now I'm at Amazon and, you know, things are, things are good. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big proponent of change. I don't like, I like my routines and like things to kind of stay normal. So it was a big leap of faith for me, but, um, you know, it's really, it's worked out for the better. So now I am, um, my, my official job title at, at Amazon is injury prevention specialist um there are we we had a call yesterday uh we believe there's uh, north of 150 in in the amazon network now so and lots of opportunities are are popping up um and uh only athletic trainers can hold the injury prevention specialist position um have being BOC certified and um as an athletic trainer is is one of the job requirements so it's it's a really unique skill set and it fits you know, really well, uh, within, within the industrial settings. So I'm uh, very excited to talk about it. Um, I've been with Amazon for, uh, just over four months now. Um, so I am very new to it, but, um, hopefully I can provide some insight and anybody who's, uh, you know, has some curiosity about it, you know, I'm I'm happy to answer as many of those questions as I can.
0: All right. So going back to the things you said, there's about 150. 150- Athletic trainers across Amazon, and only athletic trainers can hold the injury specialist position. So that's very interesting. As far as the BOC requirement, do you know if that changes at all? So in Texas, there's a special situation. So I can be a licensed athletic trainer but and not be certifi- certified, and that's actually my situation. Um, and I've talked about it here before, but I was certified. I, I didn't keep up with the paperwork. It was my fault. I lost it. And then I was like, well, well I don't need it. Well, now there's situations and opportunities that would require me being certified, but here in Texas, I can practice as a licensed athletic trainer. Do you know if that's global or if that changes in Texas at all?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I honestly don't know. Um, I haven't looked into it, you know, in Texas, obviously, um, but I, I just know from, from looking in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, um, it, it, the BOC is is required here, but I don't know. Cause we don't have that separate sort of licensure in order to be licensed in Pennsylvania and New York and New Jersey, you need to be BOC certified. So it, it may be a nuance. Um, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other, you know, Amazon is very, um, is very fluid. Like they have their regulations, but they also, you know, if, if there's a regulation that's different elsewhere, you know, they kind of, they can adapt to that. So um, that would be interesting to, I could find that out when I went to work today. Um and and let you know, absolutely. I'm sure I can figure that out for you.
0: Yeah. And uh all right, so you've been there for four months. You said you don't like change. You also said in the first two to three years of your career you changed like four or five times. So um uh, talk a little bit more about what that looks like for you at Amazon.
1: Yeah, so Amazon um and just I I'm the industrial setting in general is a com- complete one eighty uh from the traditional setting. Um, I think that was probably my biggest, uh, my biggest hurdle was I was no longer working with, with athletes. I mean, we have industrial athletes and I'll talk, you know, I'll, I'll discuss that, but you know, your traditional athlete who comes in for treatment, you know, wants to get back on the field or, you know, sideline evaluation. Like I don't do any of that anymore, um, at, you know, at Amazon, so um you know it was a big it was a big jump um there's a lot that goes into learning a lot of the OSHA requirements um which is something you obviously don't need to deal with at the uh, at the secondary school level or more in the, in the traditional settings um you know so it was uh, it was a lot of a lot of change in a hurry and um i also don't like to feel stupid <laughs> so um you know when you change and you're trying to learn a new job role and you know there's a lot of lingo that goes into that and, th- and you know and all that um, it was it was really interesting to, you know really kind of take a step back and and I was in my comfort zone. you know, I was at oratory for almost eight years. Um, you know, I was the f- first athletic trainer they ever hired through the school. Um, you know it was it was my program. It was kind of you know I, my the athletic director there, um, you know, who is also a very good friend of mine now, um, you know, gave me the freedom to do what I wanted to do. Um, and now I had to, come into a different situation and, and learn exactly what they wanted me to do. Um, and what I was allowed to do by, you know, the regulations that are that are set in the workplace. Um, so there was a lot of there's a lot of change there. But um, I was always told from day one, I will say, uh, the IPS network at Amazon is extremely helpful, extremely helpful. I was asking questions that we're probably, you know, they say there's no stupid questions. Um, I was probably asking some some pretty stupid questions at the beginning, um, but you know, this more senior um, IPs's and and the, the IPs that I work with, um, Nicole at at IP at uh, LGA nine, um, were unbelievably helpful in that transition. Um, you know, onboarding, uh, answering questions that I had. You know, a lot of them ha- have similar career paths where they were in the, the traditional setting and moved to the non-traditional setting. Um, there was a couple of IPS's that I went to grad school with um, that reached out when they saw, you know, saw my name on the list. So um, there was a, there's a lot of resources to be able to do that. And everybody told me the same thing. It takes, there's a six month learning curve. You got, you got a lot to learn in six months. You'll get your feet under you. Um, you know, kind of, it may be frustrating at the beginning and, and it was, um, but now that I'm, you know, just over four months, I feel like I have a good grasp of what I need to do. I have the lingo down. I, I you know, I have my routine. Um, like I said, I'm very, uh, very routine oriented. Um, my Myers Briggs personality type indicator is very regimented, um, as part of it. But um, you know, it's it's really becoming a, a very neat opportunity. And there's a lot of it. Uh, there's a lot in my job at Amazon that is, is nowhere to be found in the, in the traditional setting. And it's a new challenge and it's proving to be really, really awesome.
0: All right. So six month learning clerk, learning curve, you've been there for about four months. So you still got about two more months of uh, bumps and hills. Um, The, you said the IPS network, that's the injury prevention specialist. Yes. Yep. Just making sure we make sure you didn't say the IT network, like the computer network and, you know, they're awesome too though.
1: (laughs) And everything is automated at Amazon. So they play a very large role in everything that happens.
0: Right. All right. So looking at the, the OSHA stuff. So did you, did you start learning that stuff or get some sort of certification before you applied for the job or anything like that? Like, how does that work out for you?
1: No, um, I didn't do anything prior to, uh, prior to, to, prior to being offered and taking the position. Um, since I've been at Amazon, um, you know, I've gotten some information from, uh, you'll hear me reference OMRs, OMRs are on-site medical representatives. Their, um, their requirement is that they have to be an EMT. Um, and they handle a lot of the, uh, like the initial injury, uh, that may occur in the workplace. Um, they handle a lot of the workers comp, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, really just trying to pick their brands on, you know, what's recordable, what's not, um, you know, trying to learn a lot of that. And then, you know, there's also like the OSHA 30, OSHA 10 course um, that, you know, I'm looking at, you know, possibly doing. Um, But a lot of it right now has just been learning from those who, who already know the system. I I didn't have any prior knowledge going into it. It would have been a huge help if I did, but yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so there there are courses available, and when I talked to Susan Tosh, she works with a beer distribution thing in, in the industry, and she's like, you know, when you go into this, I say you have, you have a plan saying, okay, well, I'm going to get uh, CDL, P test certified, or whatever it is, um, in this on this date, or I've already gotten it, or you know, I'm, I'm already working on the courses, those kind of things. Um, but you said you didn't do any sort of real prep work. So what do you feel like was the big key or what were some of the things that, that helped you get the job at Amazon?
1: Um, again, uh, you know, Amazon is, is, you know, the, they, Amazon calls itself the, the most cont- customer centric company in the world. Everything that we do has the customers in mind. Um, my customers are the associates that work at Amazon that fulfill orders. Um, so with that in focus, when I interviewed, it was a lot of outcomes, right? You were always very outcome-based. So it was, you know, talking a lot about, you know, how outcomes in rehab, you know, when were opportunities when, um, you know, I tried to focus on, you know, when you're doing rehab and, you know, maybe something isn't going your way. You have an athlete that's progressing, 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 and then all of a sudden you hit a wall. How are you adapting to that? How are you changing what you're doing? in order to get to that end goal of, of getting that athlete back on the field. It's no, it's really no different. The terminology is different, but where are in the traditional setting, you're looking to return an athlete to the field, um, in, in Amazon and in, in the industrial setting, you know, our athletes are the associates are the, are the people working. Um, so our goal is to keep them safe first and foremost, um, and get them to be able to return to work if there is an injury that occurs. Um, whether that's that day or, or they have to go through the workers' comp process, you know, obviously unfolds based upon, you know, the need of that specific individual. But, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, I try to keep that mindset of I'm just, especially early, I'm returning the associate to play. I'm getting them back to doing what they need to do to support their families. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest the biggest changes for me was those first couple interactions where, you know, you're not dealing with a high school kid that, you know, it ultimately really doesn't matter if they, if they miss the rest of the game or not, depending upon how they feel. Um, But now that I'm working with, with individuals that, you know, I've had individuals come in and say, I can't afford to miss work. I need to work. I I can't go home. Um, What can we do to make sure that I can go back out? You know, it's very similar to that athlete that, Wants to be on the field, wants to go score that game-winning goal, um, but it, but on the other hand, it's it's you know you're dealing with professionals, you're dealing with individuals that need to support their families and maybe can't don't have the luxury to to take time off, um, so you really kind of flirt that line, and that that's where I think was one of the one of the clicking moments for me early on was was knowing that it's really not like while it is 180 degrees different, it's really not if you break it down and you deep dive into you know, what the root cause of everything is, um, ultimately the vast majority of the individuals I work with really want to work. Um, and I always tell oso- you know, associates when I'm walking around and, you know, trying to chat with everybody and make sure that, you know, everybody's safe. Um, I always say like, you know, I'd love to walk by and just say hi and, you know, make sure everybody's good. Um, you know, so it's, it's nice to have those interactions. And, and I will say like they're unbelievably appreciative the majority of the time. Um, even with like a simple fix, like, like in athletic training, like you give, you show somebody some stretches for their plantar fascia or something like that. Um, you know, this set stretches that we have and um, it makes a difference. They are so appreciative and that's, that's really, you know, you're improving their quality of life, which is really neat and, and fun to be a part of. So,
0: Yeah. It's interesting as you, you know, you discuss industrial athlete or whatever, whereas, you know, we can say, Hey, this kid can't go back in. Um, it's, I don't know, is, is it different? Do you have the ability to say, Hey, you can't return to work today?
1: Oh, we, I mean, we do, if it's something that's, that's severe. Um, it's not as much about my personal feelings on whether or not you can go back. It's more based on, can you physically do the job requirements? Um, that's, that's a big difference. You know, there are certain jobs where, you know, if you can't lift more than 10 pounds, then you can't perform your job function, you know? So it it sort of gets, it it gets taken out of our hands, Um, you know, but there are other options, you know, there's, there's light duty options and things like that. A lot of that comes with physician visits and whatnot um, being, you know, being able to make accommodations, you know, obviously workplaces make accommodations. So, um, you know, there are certain regulations, like if somebody can't, you know, can't stand for more than two hours at a time, you know, there's a lot of job functions that they can't perform based on that limitation. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's really judged on a case-by-case basis and really looking at, you know, what are the demands of the job? What are the what are the minimum requirements for the position? And, and are those possible?
0: Okay. All right, so looking at the can they do that? So in athletic training here at the high school, I'll do functioning functional testing like, hey, okay, you want to go back in and play your basketball game? You just hurt your ankle. Okay, can you walk up and down the hallway without pain? Can you jog? Can you cut – can you jump? Can you, you know, land all that stuff? Can you do all that without pain? So for you at Amazon, is it, can you physically do it even if you have pain or is it, can you do it pain-free? Like, does that play into that restriction at all for you?
1: Uh, Well, a lot of the restrictions are physician-based. So the physicians will say if, if there is like a, you know, a send out Um, you know, what the restrictions are. But for me, if we have an an associate come in and let's say they hurt their elbow, right? And uh, as long as they can go back out comfortably and and perform their job function, um, then then I have no problem with them going ahead and and at least attempting that under the preface that if it gets worse, they need to come back and, and obviously let us know. Um, and, they, and the majority of the time they do that. So it's not, it's not, you know, any more different than returning an athlete to play. Um, they don't have to be completely pain-free. It's really based on a, on a personal tolerance. Um, we have certain associates that, um, you know, will choose to not go back, you know, for something that isn't super painful or they don't perceive as super painful. And, again, we have other associates that w- would tell me they were at a 9 out of 10 pain uh, which we know is probably not true based on the pain scale. It's, you know, incredibly subjective. Um, but at the same time, they, they need to go back to work. So again, you have to do a lot of that education piece, um, you know, do everything we can to make them comfortable and just kind of see how it goes. Um, you know, there, there's also different things that they have to keep up with, you know, paces and things like that. So um, that plays a factor as well. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of metrics that go into everything. Um, you know, it, it, you take the subjective out and it becomes very objective, um, you know, industrial settings would not be mass producers the way that they are without those objectives and metrics and things like that. So, um, there is a lot of that that comes into play, which is a lot different than, you know, you know, when you're rehabbing an, or you have someone who comes off with an ankle sprain, you know, your functional movement, you know, you're really looking for, you know, can they jog with a minimal limp, you know, can they sprint, you know, can they cut, you know, maybe you're doing, you know, the three steps forward, two steps back, you know, change of direction kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's subjective on, you know, pain and how they look. Um, a lot of what we do is is really based upon that plus, you know, plus the metrics of the situation and the job function.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many people have read the book Astro ball, but it's similar to like the Houston Astros where in, you know, 2015 or whatever it was, they decided, Hey, we're going to go with all metrics. And so then, for 3 years they were really terrible but they were using the numbers to make decisions and
1: and a trash can. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I I had to. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
0: You know, it it that's your opinion and and some people, you know, like they just hate on the Astros, some people love them, some people whatever. But, you know, I read the book because I'm here in Houston, I'm an Astros fan and you know, I was super excited to be part of that World Series uh excitement after the Harvey and all that stuff. So Um, again, it's, it's the same thing. It's looking at the numbers and taking more or less the subjectiveness out of it. Like, oh yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, he's good for, you know, the locker room, that kind of thing. Well, look, he's not producing at the plate. You, You know, there's these certain things that we, that have to meet our quotas or like you said, pace or whatever it is. So interesting. All right. If you were going to say a favorite thing about working at Amazon, what is it?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, my favorite thing about working at Amazon is, um, wow. There's, I mean, I'm not pausing cause I hate everything by any means. Um, you know, it's a great question. I, I would say those interactions, um, you know, with associates that, you know, when you make a, a small adjustment or do something for them that makes them more comfortable, um, you know, the thank you that you get from that, just like, you know, hearing a thank you from an athlete. Um, and I would say the other thing is, is probably the, the relationships that, that form, um, you know, in, within the, the medical model, um, you know, at Amazon, we have OMRs, like I mentioned earlier, um, it's all in the worksite health and safety. So we have our worksite health and safety manager, uh, we have OMRs and we have, um, safety specialists, which deal a lot with like the environmental stuff. And, um, that's that aspect. And, We all kind of intermix and, and at, at LGA nine I'm very fortunate that I have, um, you know, Nicole, who has been there for almost a year now. Um, She's also an athletic trainer. We knew each other previously. She, uh, she, she's been an athletic trainer with, with premier um, prior to, uh, you know, moving into Amazon. So it was nice to be able to chat with her um, even before taking the position um, but I rely heavily on her and it's nice because we get to collaborate on a lot of projects and things like that. Um, I would say those relationships, being able to reach out to um, you know, a- athletic trainers and IPS's that have been there longer than I have and bounce questions off of them, that network, everybody's really there for the benefit of everybody. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I didn't think I would necessarily get going from such a small private school, like small knit community to the largest employer in the world. Uh, do you think you kind of lose that? But, um, yeah, I, I, we have a great team. I get, I get along with everybody that we work with. Um, you know, we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other. We help each other out when we need to. So I think that camaraderie is, is one of my favorite things because I had it at, at the school and I thought I was going to lose it. And that wasn't the case, which is, which is awesome. Um, you know, the, one of the safety specialists and I get along really well, um, his name is Mike and, uh, He's, uh, he's really into like, uh, he cooks a lot and, um, you know, does a lot of baking and he's from Pennsylvania too. So we bonded over that. Um, you know, so we, uh, we kind of go back and forth and, uh, and he's, I bounced up. Like he's really into like, like really cool stuff. Like he's really into like the weather, but like at like a, on like a meteorologist kind of level. Um, so he handles a lot of that. Um, so I'm always like, Hey, you know, if there's snow in the fork, Mike, Mike, what's the deal? Or I'll, I'll reach out to him even on a, on a day when I'm not there. I'll be like, Mike, what's the deal? How much snow am I getting? So, um, you know, it's nice to have those relationships and meet new people and, um, you know, all be there for the betterment of, of the collective and, and keep everybody safe. You know, so I think those are probably my two favorite things. Um, it's also neat when you tell people you work at Amazon and they like instantly have 500 questions, <laughs> um, most of which I usually can't answer. Um, but I also work at, at an, what we call an AR sortable fulfillment center so that we do have robotics. Um, so that is extremely cool. Uh, I don't understand probably a good amount of what actually is happening, you know, at the grassroots level. But um, you know, I do have a, a I onboarded with a couple guys that are in operations, um, so it's nice to be able to work with them and have those relationships and kind of uh, you know bounce ideas off of each other, you know, from a safety and operation standpoint. Um, but it's it's a really cool place to work. Like I mean, the facilities are huge, most of them, and um, you know, it's seeing how the process unfolds is it's unbelievable that you know i always think about you have people who came up with this like amazon started in in jeff bezos's garage like that is it's unbelievable to think about that how you scale something from from that to what amazon is and where it's going i mean it's the fastest growing company in the world it's it's massive um this, the sheer scale of that and, and all the involved like that kind of gets me churning or, you know, gets my wheels churning a little bit. So, um, I'd say those are probably, I know that's a long winded answer on, on what my favorite things are, but, um, I enjoy it a
0: lot to be honest. So, yeah. Good. So what are some of the other good things about working with Amazon? Uh, the great benefits
1: package. Um, you know, you have your 401k and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, benefits as far as whether it's, you know, health, health benefits or, um, you know, benefits outside of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's in the stability, you know, that's ultimately what I think drove, drove me to Amazon is I was having a really hard time making my decision. I I tend to, uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of change now. Um, I get, I got comfortable in a situation and it took talking to some some family members that didn't have the vested interest that I had in in the school, um, you know. So the advancement opportunities at Amazon are almost endless, um, and that's another thing. Like you can start being promoted very quickly. Um, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities for you to to move up, um, you know, onward and upwards. So that, based with the fact that it's the company's not going anywhere. Um, were big reasons why I, I i made that made that move um, you know i i'm always looking to better my situation and you know move up and you know into a supervisory role or whatnot because I do that a lot obviously with premier um, and I feel like I have a skill set that will will help amazon in that way but um, you know it's in the work life balance that's the one thing I, I probably should have mentioned um, as a fringe benefit is my work life balance is the best it's ever been. Um, and that was one of the big, big things is, yeah, I, I mean, I work a 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift Monday through Friday. Uh, it's called a split shift. So I, I overlap with Nicole a little bit during the day shift, some of the day shift people. And then, you know, I overlap with the night shift uh, workers as well. And, you know, it's tough. My, I miss bedtime every night. Um, so my wife puts puts to bed all three kids. Um, but I'm home every day on the weekends. And before I took the job, I sat down with Katie Um, who I will say on this, this way it's recorded is, is an absolute rock star. Um, I would not be able to do all of the things that I do, uh, without her 100%. Um, and I sat down with her and I said, you know, I'm going to, I want you to be a part of this decision. And she said, ultimately, I would much rather have you home both days on the weekends and be able to do things as a family. And if that means that I have to do bath and bedtime by myself during the week, then, then that's, that's Okay. Um so my I I have never had a better work life balance. I I can tell you my stress level was low. I get to work in the, I take my kids to school in the morning. Um so I get to see them. Uh, I drop them off. Uh, they all go to the same I say school, but it's you know a daycare. My son is, my oldest is in kindergarten. Um so he's in private kindergarten because of COVID and the schedules and things like that. My wife's a public school teacher. Uh, she teaches third grade. So she's out before me. Um, But I do get my kids in the morning, I get to come home, it's quiet, I get some stuff done around the house, probably not as much as Katie would like me to do. So I'll work on that, I promise. But, um, you know, and then I get to work on, you know, the premiere aspect and and do my responsibilities there, I get to teach on Mondays. And, and then I go to work. Um, And it's, you know, it's about finding that balance. And I, I love being able to take my daughter to dance every Saturday morning. Um, That's my I take her to dance, my wife takes um, our other two, um, uh, we belong to, um, like, a, it's called health quest in, in Flemington. It's like a big gym, but they also have a lot of like sports classes and things for kids. So my, my other, my two, uh, two sons go, my wife takes them and then we reconvene and, you know, we get to spend the weekends together and it's awesome. It's so nice to, you know, it's so nice to not have to go into work on a weekend. And I, and I leave my work at work. Like I, when I'm not at Amazon, I am not required to, to look at or answer any emails. I don't even have Amazon's email on my phone, which is like the first time in my career where I'm not like checking my work email at 11 o'clock at night. Um, I leave it there. Like when I leave on Friday night um, I don't have to do anything until I get back at two o'clock on Monday. Um, So that, that freedom is, is awesome. I'd say, you know, outside of the building and all the benefits, the work-life balance is, is probably is 100 the thing that's the best. I get to see my kids grow up now, um, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I get to coach my son's baseball team this year, which is going to be fantastic, and I'm unbelievably excited to do that. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to being able to take those day trips, and for for once in in my wife's life, uh, our married life, and my kids' life, we don't have to plan everything around my work schedule, um, and that that freedom is has been really great.
0: All right. So let's talk a little bit more about that. You said opportunity for advancement. And then I want to know about like, as you get more seniority, are you able to take either the morning shift or the night shift instead of the split shift? And then what happens if you are sick? Is it just like uh, a normal teacher would call in sick for the day and there's a substitute? So talk a little bit more about the life balance in in those situations.
1: Sure. Um, So I'll talk about the calling in sick. Um, there's no, there's no substitute. Like if you're sick, you're sick and you don't go to work. Um, And that's where I talked about that, like helping each other aspect. Um, You know, if we have an OMR that's sick or we have a safety specialist that's sick, like the other people that are in will, will help try to fill that void as best we can. Like there's things that there are things that the safety specialists do that I have no clue how to do. And uh, you know, I, it's just so far out of my realm. Um, And vice versa, like there's things that like IPSs can have to be athletic trainers for a reason. You know, we have a specific skill set that that we need to do. So some of what I do, the others can't do. But, you know, we kind of fill the gaps and things like that. Um, As far as, uh, you know, seniority, it's really based on from what I can tell, it's based on your building. Um, You know, so Nicole is there. She works the day shift. Um, you know, I'm, I work that split shift, but, you know, there are opportunities, like if a day shift opportunity opens somewhere else, um, I would be able to apply for that position. Um, it would mean leaving the building and things like that. So, but I mean, that's not uncommon. Um, I'm sure that's probably a big reason why uh, changes are made is to change your shift. Um, but as far as like seniority and things, you know, there's, there's senior, or like, and I say senior roles, like leadership roles within the IPS. Um, you know, we have um like we have leaders in the regions and things like that. Uh, we have program managers. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity to move up as well, you know moving up into a safety manager role or uh, um you know an ergonomics role or whatever the case may be. So there, I mean, to be honest, like you could even you if like let's say you know I, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to do athletic training anymore. i'm gonna I'm gonna look up for a job in human resources there's nothing stopping me from applying for jobs with Amazon and human resources. There's nothing stopping me from applying for, um, a job in, um, operations. You know, if I really wanted to be, you know, an operations manager or an area manager or something like that, um, you know, there's nothing, I mean, other than the basic job requirements, if you don't meet them, obviously they stop you from doing that, but, um, you know, there's, it's an unlimited possibility. You know, if I wanted to get out of, like, let's say I didn't want to be in a fulfillment center anymore, Amazon has a ton of different facilities. There's Amazon Air, you know, or they're they're launching that. Um, you know, maybe there's an IPS opening, you know, with the with the fleet. Um, you know, there's deliver there's delivery centers, there's sort centers, there's Amazon Fresh, there's literally everything. Like, you know, it's it's amazing how Amazon owns so much. Um, The potential is really is almost almost limitless. Um, And that's probably that's one of the big things is there's just there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities. If you have a passion for something, odds are you can probably pursue something around that within Amazon. Um, So it's nice. So once you're on the inside, it's, you know, Amazon loves to promote from within and advance from within. So that's always uh, that's a huge plus as well. Yeah. And I can work remotely, too, if I have to. Um, you know, if there's a day where I'm sick, but I really need to get something done. Um, I can, I can log in from home and and probably get it done depending upon how sick I am. And I think that's one of the benefits of not that there's really any benefits of the pandemic. Um, if there is a silver lining of that, I think it's our ability to adapt and work virtually now, granted that kind of stinks for kids. And now there's probably not too many snow days anymore. Um, but especially up here. Uh, but being able to work remotely if I need to get something done um, on a day where I can't make it in. Like we, we got snow the other day. we have probably got about five or six inches on top of, you know, the the two plus feet we had gotten the week before. Um, It's been very snowy here as it has in Texas, obviously. Um, But uh, so I didn't make it in because my wife was, my wife had a virtual day that she didn't get a snow day. So she was teaching from home and all three of my kids were home. Um, and I, I couldn't just leave work and, or leave for work and leave my kids unattended for two hours because yeah, my wife was working. So, um, so I ended up using, a, using a day, uh, to not go in, um, you know, but I, I had a couple things that I had to get done. So I just, when my wife was done, I put my computer open, got the stuff done. And, you know, even though it was technically a day off, you know, I was able to kind of do that stuff to make everybody's life a little bit easier. So, um, you yeah, know, there's that added benefit too, but. Yeah. I mean, if you're sick, you're sick. It's, it's not like, you know, there's no real feeling of guilt, which is nice. Um, I always felt guilty. And that's one of the reasons why premier kind of came around was because I always felt guilty if I had to miss. So to have a backup plan, like we do so much high school sub coverage, um, you know, and, and it's nice to be able to athletic trainers need days off. Burnout is a real thing. I've, anybody who's listening to this, that is a young athletic training professional Burnout is a real thing and you need, you need to be aware of it. Um, because we're our own worst enemies. We care so much and we take so much responsibility on, um, I was there when I was younger too. And, and Nicole, um, that I work with is a younger professional. She's, um, probably, I think she's like 27 years old. Um, she, she's younger in her career. Um, and I try to give her that play by play. I was there. I was stressed out. I was, you know, upset at the fact that I was, you know, working 14, 15 hours and felt like I could never go home and, you know, didn't have a family at that point. You know, I mean, I had my, you know, my, I was dating my wife, but, you know, it gets to you. It really does. Um, so, you know, I try to help her along, you know, when things get stressful, like, you know, let's take a step back, let's realize what's important. Let's work through everything, and you know, kind of go from there. And so that's that's the biggest piece of advice for for students. And I tell my Seton Hall kids, like you gotta have things outside of work. You have to have a life outside of work, um, and you kind of adapt to it. But then when you get you when you make a switch like I did, um, it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's like wow, this weekend, this is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's really nice. Um, and I get call, I get emails and. And LinkedIn messages from people who are very interested in Amazon asking, that's the first question. What's the work-life balance like? You know, I'm working at the collegiate setting. I've been here for 15 years. I'm looking to get out. Um, What's it like? You know, so that's that's the one thing I always kind of, you know, talk about is how great the work-life balance really is.
0: All right. So we've talked a lot about what was good. You mentioned missing your kid's bedtime is, is not, not so good, but you know, the, the benefits outweigh the negatives there. So what is not good in working for Amazon?
1: Uh, Officially nothing. It's the greatest place on earth. (laughs) Um, I mean, every, every place has their downfalls. Um, I would say, you know, just the sheer scale of Amazon sometimes can be a little bit prohibitive, um, especially if you want to get something done in a hurry. There's usually a lot of hands that are involved in, in doing something. So you do, you know, getting things done very, very rapidly, like we're used to doing in athletic training and I'm used to doing is being a, you know, a sole decision maker at the school. Um, You know, that has definitely changed. Um, So I think it's more of, I need to change my expectations a little bit. Um, but, you know, the rapid change doesn't happen. There are a lot of moving pieces and a lot of, you know, everything that happens in safety affects operations like 100%. Um, you know, Amazon really focuses on safety. Safety is a top, um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a top priority because priorities change from time to time. Um, Amazon is, is hell bent on safety 100%. Um, so everything that we do and put into place affects operations. So there are a lot of hands involved. I'd say that's probably the thing that I get frustrated at the most is I'm like, I get an idea. I talk to Nicole. We're like, all right, let's do this. We go to our safety manager. They're supportive. And then it's like, okay, now who are the other 50 people we have to talk to in order to get this rolling? Um, you know, but I'd say that's probably the biggest thing, um, is that it's just that you know, that's the, the sheer size of it can be prohibitive sometimes, but, you know, like you said, the, the benefits significantly outweigh the disadvantages that, and, you know, not being home, but luckily for, for us, we have FaceTime now. So I get to FaceTime my kids before they go to bed and in between, uh, in between some meetings that I have, you know, scheduled every day. So, um, you know, we, we do the best we can, but, um, I t that, and, Um, I mean, I came into a situation where we were, you know, a little short staffed. Um, So at the beginning, it was it was rough um, as far as I was trying to learn my role at Amazon as an IPS. And we were short staffed in the OMR area. So I was also trying to learn that job so that I could help out because, as you know, as athletic trainers, we love to help people and want to make sure that everybody's good. So I was trying to do both of those things at the same time and and it was, it was difficult. Um, That's not always the case, obviously, you know, we just happened to come into a situation and and it's a pandemic. Like we had, we had somebody go out because they had an exposure. Um, So we were down for two weeks and then we had, and then we had another individual um, also go out because of an exposure. So now we were down to another person for two weeks. So, you know, it was an all hands on deck situation, which is fine. Um, you know, you want to obviously help out and do the things you can do. I was just, I was stuck in a position where I was trying to learn. I was trying to learn my responsibilities and someone else's responsibilities all at the same time with that huge change. So the first, the first two months were were fairly stressful, but, um, you know, like I said, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta be a team player. You gotta help people out because when you need help, if you're not going to help people, they're not going to help you. So you know, you got You got to be a team player and, and do those things within reason, obviously.
0: So. so the Facebook live stream is messing up today. I don't know what's going on, but in the Facebook live event, it said that the I guess the target audience was females from age 24 to 35. So roughly females in the first two to 10 years of their career are the ones who are most, I guess, responding or interacting with the live event. What would you say specifically to that audience?
1: Yeah, um, I would think, you know, for me, the, the way that I kind of looked at everything was what job am I going to do now and what job am I going to do when, when I have a family? And the first thing you think of with, with young female employees or uh, athletic trainers or anybody is, you know, you wanna, what career do you want now? And then what are your life goals? Do you want to have a family? And I'm not, and I'm not trying to be, you know, inclusive of anybody. Uh, you know, some people want families and some people don't, and that's perfectly fine. But you know, if you're if you're a female and you're looking to start a family, um, I think that Amazon provides a really great opportunity for that. Um, you know, you have maternity leave. I mean, that's a start, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, there's patern, there's paternity leave at Amazon. Um, luckily, I, I, I mean, not luckily, but I don't have to use it. Um, you know, our family's pretty set, which is good. Um, but, you know, you do have those options. Um, the work-life balance is, is great. You know, it can be, um, it can be sometimes a stretch on anybody, obviously, you know, when you're working so much, but um, you know, as a mom, uh, if that's, if that's a route you're looking to go um, you know, I think Amazon's a, a fantastic choice. Um, you know, i like I said, everybody's different. Uh, I'm not trying to assume that every single female in that, you know, demographic wants to be a mom, um, that, you know, some people do, some people don't, whatever it is what it is. Um, but you know, that's definitely something you you can look at. Um, Amazon's not a boys club. You know, a lot of the times you hear athletics or boys clubs, or you you have a hard time breaking into those things. Um, I don't see that at all. Um, I have lots of colleagues that, uh, that I work with on a daily basis that, you know, you know, there's people from all walks of life. So, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a good environment. It really is. Um, you know, do, do whatever. The one thing I, I will always say is do what makes you do what you're passionate about. You know, if you're passionate about helping people, it truly doesn't matter if you're in the traditional setting or you're in the non-traditional setting, you're helping people. Does the population change? Sure. Absolutely. Is there a different set of challenges? Absolutely. Um, are there different barriers Sure. Absolutely. But when it it all boils down to if you love to help people, you can help people and you help people in a different way. You know, maybe you get, maybe they're really hurting and and you get them an opportunity to see a doctor uh, because they got hurt at work. Or maybe you make like, we had somebody with, you know, with plantar fasciitis come in and um, you know, the old, you know, freeze the tennis ball trick and roll it under your foot. They had no idea what I was talking about. None. They did that for a week. They came in and, um, I remember I was sitting in the, in the front desk of, um, of the clinic and, uh, the, the associate walked in and, and said, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I looked for you yet last night, but I didn't see you. Um, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I work until 10 and she had forgotten because the normal shift is obviously much later than that. Um, she's like, okay, I wanted to come in. She's like, you changed my life. She literally said that to me, which was insane. Um, to think that that little bit of that small tweak that we all know how to do made such an impact. She said she was pain-free for the first time in six months Um, just from doing those small things and, you know, putting orthotics in her, or not like, uh, you know, Dr. Scholl's, you know, insoles. Those those small changes that are small on our scale on what our skill set is made such a huge difference for her. Like that's, that's ultimately what it's all about is, is helping people. When you boil athletic training down to it's bare bones, it's, it's about helping people. Um, And, and you can do that at Amazon. You can do it anywhere. Um, And don't be afraid to take, take the change. I I was so worried about making that change. Um, It was at a point in my life where I was leaving a job I was super comfortable in. Uh, We were moving. Uh, We actually moved into our house on, saturday and i started working at amazon that monday so it was a lot of change all at once um but you know it, it's don't be afraid to explore the opportunity um the one thing i didn't touch base on if, if we have a moment to do so is i wasn't actively looking for jobs when i when the amazon job came came around i have a very good friend he was my preceptor in grad school his name is sean Harkum uh in pennsylvania he's a safety manager with amazon Um, we didn't, we normally play golf, uh, every summer to, you know, get together. And, um, you know, he, I was at his wedding, he was at our wedding. Um, you know, we became really good friends and, um, we were talking at the beginning of the school year about the challenges and, you know, if, um, if we went virtual, what that meant for my job status and things like that. Um, you know, just a conversation between friends who happened to be colleagues. And Sean was an athletic trainer at the secondary school level for years and then went into an IPS role with Amazon uh, over three years ago. And since that time, he's always like, oh, I love it. You should look at it. You should look at it. And I was always like, no, nah, I'm not ready to leave the secondary school. I like working at the school. Um, so we had that conversation. And a couple of weeks later, I got an email from, from an Amazon recruiter asking me for my resume and to fill out this information. And I, You know, like when you get like all those random emails, you think it's like spam or, you know, some sort of like, you know, scam or whatnot. So I took a picture of my computer and I sent it to Sean and I was like, do you have any idea what this is? And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I, uh, I put you in for a job. I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm interested. And he said, what's the worst that happened? You waste a little bit of time doing an interview if you get one. He's like, why not just see what the opportunity is? I mean, based on that, I mean, he's right. You know, what's the worst that happens? So I agreed. I, I sent my stuff in. I was selected to to interview. I, I went through the virtual interview process and um, was fortunate enough to to get offered the job. Um, and I was offered this same role uh, four years ago when Amazon first really started posting IPS jobs. I interviewed uh, for a position and was offered it and, and turned it down because I wasn't ready to leave the secondary school setting yet. Um, so I'm a firm believer that if an opportunity comes around again, there's absolutely zero guarantee it comes around a third time. Um, and, and the package, the, you know, what they offered me was great. And the security and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I owe Sean a lot. And I bounce ideas off of him all the time. And I use him as a resource. And, um, you know, it's nice to have somebody that you're friends with uh, that, you know, knows the inner workings of Amazon significantly more than you do. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in this spot. Like I said, I wasn't actively looking. Um, and I, and I told, you know, I told oratory that I, I had a, I had a mental breakdown in my AD's office telling him I was leaving. I hated it. I hated every second of it. Um, you know, but, uh, but ultimately, you know, even talking to the parents and I went back and covered an oratory hockey game last Saturday and it was great. Um, and talking to those parents, you know, they're all, they were all super happy, you know, that I had the opportunity and, you know, it just, it kind of fell into my lap. So don't take things for granted. You know, if you have an opportunity to Amazon's hiring like crazy, there are openings all over the place. If you have an opportunity, you know, and you're interested apply, if you think it's something you want to do Um, and feel free to reach out. I mean, I'm happy to help people as much as I can. I had somebody in Pennsylvania reach out to me on LinkedIn, like, Hey, I saw you You used to work at a secondary school. Now you're at Amazon. I'm in a secondary school. I applied to Amazon, like, you know what are your thoughts? What's the transition like? I'm happy to help as much as I as much as I can. Um, you know I think it's a, it's a really neat opportunity and you know it's it's growing like crazy. So you know if you, if if it's something you're interested in, explore it. You know life's too short.
0: All right, so as you were talking about, Amazon is the probably the number one employer in the world. It's growing. It's thriving. They offered you a great package. So in times like where Amazon is really seems to be growing or turning a profit, do you get bonuses? Because obviously in the secondary school, there's usually not any sort of bonus or anything like that.
1: Uh, That's a great question. I honestly don't know the answer to it because I'm so new. Um, There there are things that, you know, um, IPSs are salaried employees. So you have salaried and hourly employees. Um, Salaried employees are pretty much considered manager level or managerial level. Um, so there are certain things that come along with that, um, you know, during peak season and, and even after that, um, that are spe- are exclusive to that managerial level. So there are things that way um, as far as monetary bonuses. Um, I, I honestly don't know because I haven't been with Amazon for a year. Um, so I don't know how that process really unfolds. Um, no one's mentioned it to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not there. You know, sometimes, you know, talking about money and things like that with your coworkers is always, you know, such a, such a weird thing to do. You know, some people get very upset by it. So, um, you know, and that's probably one thing that I, I've had to change a lot is, you know, you know, coming from a situation where you're comfortable, um, you know, like I'll even use, I'll use pronouns, you know, I'm, I'm probably the worst at, and not, you know, I, I, I struggle like, you know, with pronouns and things like that, you know, him and hers and she or whatever the case may be you know, Amazon is such an inclusive place that, you know, we look, we look at, you know, not really using those or using preferred pronouns. So, you know, it's one thing that I kind of have to take a step back and kind of see what people, you know, how they want to be addressed and whatnot. So it's just an added layer, you know, something you get used to. So, but uh, it's not a bad thing by any means. It's just, you know, one of those things that you have to be very, uh, you know, very diligent with, like, I I came from an all, all boys school you know, so it wasn't necessarily, you know, something that we had at the forefront that we had to deal with a lot, but, you know, obviously Amazon is, is different than that. So, um, you know, I work with a lot of great people. I really do. That was probably my biggest fear going in. Like I'm, I, I'm like, the guys that I worked with at oratory were my best friends. I saw them every day. We're all the same age. They're all coaches. We shared an office. We spent time outside of work together. You know, we, we went to parties together when you could go to parties together. Um, you know, our kids are all the same age. Like I was leaving, I wasn't just leaving a job; I was leaving my best friends to take something else. I was so worried that it wasn't going to be the same. And while I'm not best friends with the people that I work with, we get along really well. Uh, you know, I haven't spent eight years with them, so who knows where the possibilities will go? But um, you know, it's it's nice to have coworkers that you know we get along with. We joke around, we get our work done. It's it's fun. It's a, it's a fun environment to be a part of. So it can be stressful at times, especially when you're working long hours during peak season and you know, there's a lot going on, but overall, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you work with, I work with, with really great people. So.
0: All right. So you mentioned, you know, you want to kind of continue to grow and, you know, possibly looking to move up into the managerial roles. So I partner with physicaltherapy.com. You can go to physicaltherapy.com slash one free course and, get started there for free, learning your CEUs at a great price. What's what's a skill or something you're working on right now to help you improve as an athletic trainer?
1: Um, as an athletic trainer, I think that, um, you know, when you stop trying to learn new things, you're going to start falling by the wayside. Um, so, you know, not necessarily as an athletic trainer, but just in my role uh, learning those OSHA requirements, what's recordable, what's not, is something I'm really focusing on um, to be able to provide those associates with the best care possible. Um, that's really what I'm focused on right now as far as, uh, you know, we're pretty limited in what we can do on hands-on skills and things like that for a multitude of reasons, whether it's OSHA or, um, you know, COVID times or whatever the case may be. Um, so instead of focusing on, you know, maybe like a and technique or, um, you know, some sort of manual therapy, I've sort of switched gears into learning something that is relevant to my role now um, and maybe a little bit more important. And that's, that's the OSHA stuff and, um, and, you know, recordable versus non-recordable and the workers comp process. So I'm sort of broadening myself in that area. Um, but, you know, always going to keep doing those CEUs and, you know, obviously cause they're required, but, you know, because you want to, you want to keep, Lots of different options in your athletic training tool belt. You know, that's, that's ultimately how do you become a great clinician is having a lot of things at your disposal.
0: Awesome. Alan, somebody you mentioned a couple of times wants to reach out. Somebody wants to get a hold of you. You said LinkedIn, they can find you. What do you feel like is the best way for anybody to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, um, so I am on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can feel free to reach out to me on there. Um, or, you know, the other easiest way is email. Um, you know, my email address with premier sports medicine, um, is a at premier sports net. Um, I'm sure I can share that with you. You have that obviously, so you can feel free to post that. Um, I'm happy to help, whether it's, whether it's Amazon or it's, you know, you're looking for per work, not to plug anything by any means, but, uh, you know, we do have opportunities and things like that, but, um, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of mentoring young professionals, uh, you know, through Seton Hall and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine. Like we were talking before we even started recording. Um, I love being part of Seton Hall's program. Uh, I love having students. I love teaching, um, you know, and if I can help in any way, like like we say, athletic trainers are helping people. That's not always just about medicine. You know, if I can, if if you have questions or, you know, you're looking, you're looking to make a decision on whether or not you're going to leave a job to come to Amazon um, and you want to ask some questions by all means um, I'm happy to help. So reach out, let me know. Um, That's, those are probably the two easiest ways Um, you can always get us through our website, um, you know, or uh, you know, through our social media, but um, you know, those two are pretty, pretty direct. So,
0: yeah. All right. So we'd mentioned that in the pre-show, but then you said that, one of the requirements for you to take the job at Amazon was for you to be able to maintain your involvement with Seton Hall. And you said Amazon wants you to be involved with other things. So I don't know, I don't think in the life balance section where we, did you mention that and why did they say that they felt like that was important?
1: Uh, no, I didn't mention it. Um, so yeah, when I was looking to uh, potentially take the job that I'm in now um, I told the recruiter, like, you know, can I keep teaching at Seton Hall? Um, I, I wasn't prepared to give that up for a, a number of reasons. Um, I enjoy it and I think that you, you need to have, have things you enjoy in life. Um, you know, yes, it's a job, but I don't think of it as a job. I actually truly enjoy going to campus when we can go to campus and, and, you know, the interactions I have with the students, but, um, you know, I, and I, I made sure of that. And I also didn't want to give it up because the semester was starting and I already signed on to teach and I didn't want to put that hardship on anybody. You know, life is hard enough for, for college professors and program directors and things like that right now trying to adapt to throw that on Seton Hall. I have too much respect for the people I work with to do that to somebody. Um, so I didn't want to do that, obviously. But um, in talking to the recruiter, I was like, I want to make sure that this is something that I can continue to do along with premier. I wasn't ready to give that up either. Um, and they said, you know, work-life balance is, is a big part of, of why people work with Amazon and why people are happy. Um, so they, they said they had no problems with it. Um, I had to, I had to miss a couple classes because I was onboarding at a different time, but with the way my schedule worked out, um, you know, I'm able to continue to do that. And that's very important to me. Um, You know, I'm glad that I still have that involvement. It still keeps me in that traditional athletic training realm a little bit, so I don't have to completely give it up. But that was the other thing. Like, if if you're worried about giving up traditional athletic training, you're going to miss being on the sidelines and things like that, per diem is a great opportunity. Whether it's with us or with somebody else, you know, it's a a great opportunity to stay involved. Um, If you miss the sidelines, you always have that chance to go back. Yeah, are you going to – does it cut into your work-life balance a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. Um, but it's also at your disposal. So if you have a weekend where you don't have anything going on and you want to, you know, have an opportunity to get on the sidelines and, and live that life again, you can definitely do that. I just did it. I, or we had an oratory hockey game. Um, and instead of sending it out to our team, I was like, I talked to my wife. I was like, I could really, I, I would love, if we can swing it, I would love to go back and do it. She was like, sure, whatever. We'll, we'll get everything else taken care of. You can go work. Um, cause my wife gives me permission for everything, just, you know, <laughs> hmm. but, um, you know, it was, uh, and I actually, I took, I took my oldest, I took Aiden with me cause Aiden loves, I know, I know very little about hockey. Uh, I, I can't ice skate. Um, so if I want to talk about my flaws, ice skating is probably the biggest one. Uh, my wife and I, our first date was ice skating and I hate ice skating. I cannot stay on my feet. I went around once and got out took my skates off and thought I was never going to talk to this girl again. <laughs> I legitimately thought that's what was going to happen. Um, so, but my, my oldest is six, uh, Aiden, and he's really, he's really into hockey. I took him to, uh, like I said, all, the oratory hockey coaches, like we're all really good friends. Um, Sam, our hockey coach, uh, did a, did an outing for the, high, the New Jersey Devils, did an, an outing for high school teams and he had extra tickets and he's like, Hey, I got you and Aiden tickets to the game. Like, you want to go? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take him. Like if he likes it, great. I figured we'd stay for a period or, or so. And you know, he'd probably, it was late. So we'd probably fall asleep, but he loved it. He loved the sound. I mean, granted there was a lot of goals scored, but he was really into it. So um, I asked him if he wanted to go and he, you know, he said, yeah. So we went back and it was nice to be able to take him. Um Granted he had his Nintendo switch with him. So I don't know how much of the game he truly watched, but you know, it was nice to be able to, to do that with him as well. So I got some, uh, some, what we call daddy aid in time. Uh, we got to do that. And, you know, I also got to see some friends from oratory and see some of the kids and it was, it was a good opportunity. So, you know, you always have that to go to fall back on, you know, you're never just, if you leave the secondary school setting, it doesn't mean you're never going to be on a sideline again. You know, you just have to find alternate routes. So um, yeah.
0: All right. So if you want to reach out to Alan Parcells, you can do that on LinkedIn or, like you said, his email is APARSELLS at Premier Sports dot net. Um, I connected with him over Facebook, so he's on there as well. So if you want to reach out to Alan, you can easily do that, get you some more, answer some more questions, maybe ask some questions that you don't want posted on social media, those kind of things. Uh, you can do that via direct message, email, whatever it is. So, again, physicaltherapy.com slash one free course will allow you to start there on physicaltherapy.com. For Jeremy, the sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AmazonAT. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AmazonAT. So, for Jeremy Allen and the Amazon Athletic Trainer, or what he calls the IPS and the Sports Medicine Broadcast, that is a wrap. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.